You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we will be speaking with someone I've gotten to know a little bit over the past few months. He's actually one of the greatest bud tenders I've had at one of my favorite dispensaries, but also turned friend because we've gotten to know little pieces of him from educating and passion amongst the cannabis community to blowing glass and a little yo-yoing on the side. We can't wait to pick his brain and head all about his journey. So guys, please welcome Ashkoff to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, Ashkov. Hey, guys. <laughs> Thank you for being with, here with us today and just taking time out of your day. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while, so I appreciate you being here. Um, let's just kind of go ahead and start from the beginning. Tell us where your cannabis journey first began and like the first time you remember consuming. So I'm pretty sure that uh, began way back, kind of like everyone's probably did. We were uh, actually out on the basketball court. I was probably like 15 or 16. Uh, I moved around a lot as a kid. Okay. And uh, so this is just one of these random little towns I moved to, and I was trying to fit in. Right. I was with the cool kids. We're shooting hoops, and he pulls out this joint, and he's like, you know, my mom gave me this, whatever, whatever. I was so nervous. You yeah. know I am mean? <laughs> so nervous. I did. I, like, I, love I it. hit it like two or three times. Didn't really get much effect, but at that point, I was comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, this isn't crazy. This isn't, you know. So then we tried it again uh, with a different buddy that I was much more comfortable with, and that was a ride. Um, mm. I remember I was like the probably goofiest high I've ever been. <laughs> that was the uh, best. Yeah, I kept telling him, look, look, it looks like my, or it feels like my legs are floating. Can you see that? <laughs> <laughs> like, can you not see? Yeah, can you not see how I, I can feel? feel it. Are you blind? <laughs> yeah. That's a good memory, though. That That's is positive. a good memory. Yeah, I love that. So what type of consumer are you like throughout your day? What's your cannabis routine like? Oh, man. So um, that kind of varies. Um I'm, my tolerance stays pretty high, which mm-hmm. is annoying to me. Yes, so yeah, I try to like switch up the routines. Um, I do dab probably more frequently than I smoke flour because like I wake up and I'm reaching for an active dab. Mm-hmm. Or like I'm heading to work, I'm reaching for something with terpenoline or with some pinene for focus. Um, the interesting thing about working at Mosaic is it really helped structure like how I guide my cannabis consumption. Now um, I've just learned so much in-depth knowledge about the terpenes and the cannabinoids. Yeah. And um, I really try to like use that for time of day mm-hmm. or like place, you know what I mean? Um, whatever I'm going to go do, I'm trying to find my, mm. my medicine around it's intentional. that. Yeah. yeah. It's very That's intentional. Cool. Now. Yeah. And it's cool to hear you say that because I can relate to that. When I worked at a dispensary, it completely changed my cannabis journey because I knew so much because I had to know so much. And then I could tailor tailor my whatever to whatever I needed. So like a lot of the times I can time my edibles perfect to where like right when we get somewhere it hits and then I'll get there and I'll be like my edibles hitting and ever like that's a classic Saba thing to say, but it's because I've known to time it so perfect that like, okay, if I eat it this time, and by this time I get there, it'll be kicked in. And that's the best part is because you can really dial it in down to like time for certain things. Yeah, absolutely. Which is cool. So do you, I have a question about the tolerance thing. Have you ever done like a tolerance break? Like how do you manage that? Because like I, I, Sav and I always talk about that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I might take a tolerance break from like flour and mm-hmm. like smoke on dabs for a while or I like do the opposite. But it's like, I never want to, but sometimes I'm like, my body needs to be reset. And so like, how do you do that? How do you go about that? Or do you? 
Uh, I actually don't tolerance break per se, yeah. but I do, uh, like I said, switch up my routine really mm-hmm. heavily. Okay. Like I will go to a certain type of flower, like only smoking restful flower and pulling off the dabs for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then I'll like switch back on to active dabs and uh, I like mixing it up. I yeah, also like mixing too. strains. That's something that I'm like really known for. Is okay. Like, um, I love cold starts in my banger and I love having like two, maybe three strains in there. Okay. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, and like... Like I said, I'm using things that I've learned at Mosaic yeah. to pick what I want, what yeah. I'm going for. Sometimes it's strictly p- flavor profile. Yeah. Though, you yeah. Know? So uh, is that like is that a pretty fat dab if you're doing like a few different strains? It, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it works so Definitely going for you. back for a few reheats. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're getting all of it that you can yeah. out of it. No waste. That's awesome. That is funny. So is there a point where you realized that this plant was like actually really medicine for you and that was beneficial to your body? Like what was that point for you? Yeah, so I definitely made a switch from uh, recreational use to medicinal use um, intentionally probably about three or so years ago. Um, You know, I I got off on a side path that uh, I shouldn't have been on or whatever. And to come back from that, you know, I started to understand that I could use cannabis in a much more uh, proactive way. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful for me. Um, But then since then, you know, I do a lot of like active things, uh, skateboarding, glass blowing gets really intense and it just leaves so cool. me sore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I've really started to use cannabis for that. I've used it for focus to combat my ADD. Yeah. Um, I also have Tourette's. A lot of people don't know that and really people don't see that until I get excited and hyper and then yeah. they see me <laughs> get on it. But cannabis helps manage that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I notice when I'm sober, I don't, I just don't think about it. I do it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like, medicated i'm more relaxed and yeah. i don't even have that kind of like overwhelming intense energy wanting to come out yeah you know what i mean i'm yeah, just yeah. a lot more reserved and chill so i like that that's cool i love that you've been able to like guide your journey like knowing what you have going on but then being able to like tap into cannabis yeah and like be mindful and intentional with it to where like you know it works and yeah. it does feel good and it helps you in like more ways than one Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you're talking about timing your edibles. I timed my dabs this morning. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to like smoke on the way here or smoke right before I came in, mm-hmm. but I took a dab about an hour and a half before yeah. I got here, mm-hmm. and I knew that you know that would put me about where I wanted to be in yeah. mind frame wise. Which honestly, yeah. and Brandon and I have talked about this a lot, where the more research you do and the more education that you have personally, it gives you more ownership of your own journey and like your own being able to time things perfect. And this is like a true testament of that works and like knowing all the information and knowing all the, not all the knowledge and information, but you know, like doing as much and absorbing as much and asking your butt tenders questions. Like that's what they're there for. And if they don't know the answers, then you should probably find someone else to go to or somewhere else to go to. I mean, that's just the fact. So it's cool that you're super, like Brian said, you're super intentional and like you're able to dial that down because I feel like even, like, I mean, cannabis is medicine, period, but for your medicinal needs, it does make a big difference because you can time it to where, like, okay, I'm going to be here for four hours, so this is what I need to do if you can't smoke there, which is cool. Right, and then... um I'm super blessed to be able to work on the Mosaic Minute projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I knew a little bit about cannabis, but, you know, going into writing those, when I'm writing them up, I don't want to uh, say anything wrong or mm-hmm. look silly, you know, of right. course. Yeah. So I put extra research into that, and um, I, I learn something new every day that I'm writing those. Yeah, you're you kind know? of, like, thrown into learning it regardless. Uh-huh. But, Absolutely. like, you're absorbing because you're doing your notes and all that. That's so cool, though, yeah. because, I don't know, I, I, I feel like... 
you just have to do that with stuff. Like you have to just like believe in yourself and just be like, I mean, I don't really know everything, but I'm about to do a little research and then I'm going to go talk on it and put it on Instagram and you kill it, Ashcock. Yeah, you really do. For anyone listening, he makes these like videos on um, Mosaic's dispensaries page on Instagram and it's about like different terpenes and he goes into all the different ones and it's really insightful because, you know, it's always nice to see that. Yeah, and sometimes it's nice to have visuals like, you know. Right. Like it's just nice to be able to see somebody. Not just like it's reading to connect. Yeah, yeah, and it's like your local people can come find you. Yes. they can come interact with you. So it's it's a lot more like it's a better experience because then it feels like I already know you before I even come in. Right. If I, especially if I've never been in, like I already yes, know this dude. That's good. I know he yo-yos. Like, and it's easier to break that barrier, even as a patient. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The power of social media. It's, it's kind of scary, but it's also very beneficial in our yes. back market. <laughs> yes. So is there anything you really enjoy doing after you smoke? Like, what do you like to vibe with? Oh, so, and again, that's intentional. Uh, like, you know, I can choose certain strains for certain activities, but certain activities that definitely require me to smoke a little bit beforehand would be like going into the glass lab. And I'm either going to be smoking for my focus or for some creativity or to combat shoulder pain. Like I said, that's mm-hmm. that's a real thing, just sitting there holding up. Yeah, oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely have a fine line with that because I can get sloppy. Uh, you know what I mean? But I can also get that kind of like uh, like confidence that you need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That cannabis confidence. Yes. Wavy baby. The best kind go. of confidence. We love it. <laughs> wavy baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey. Um, I don't know. Those are probably my favorite ones. Yeah, uh, yeah, that and definitely work too. Um, kind of in the same manner that I smoked in time before I came here, mm-hmm. um, just to keep myself in a certain mind frame of sociability and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have to smoke going into a heavily social environment. Same. Um, yeah. it, it comes with a lot of anxiety. Yeah, it just is like it's yeah. very overwhelming, and sometimes if you're very in tune with energy people's energy can be very overwhelming. And sometimes if I'm not like medicated before, my anxiety will skyrocket so fast that I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like I cannot vibe with you people. <laughs> That's what it, I'm really empathic. Yes. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. just, it's so intense sometimes that mm-hmm. the vibes and the energy people are putting off and, and you're in a closed setting that you can't yep. really escape from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I definitely like to be relaxed yeah. and in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Hell Yeah. Well, so tell us what the dynamic with your family is in regards to cannabis and consuming. Like, are you guys open? What's that like? Yeah, so that's really interesting. Um, It used to, I was raised in a heavily Christian household by my grandparents, switching on and off to living with them and my mom. So my grandparents, of course, were always really against it um, or any any sort of drug was, you know, a bad drug. Mm -hmm. And I got that or whatever. My mom... She's been working for uh, sheriff's departments on and off for like 15 years now, working as a jailer, dispatcher. Oh, wow. Um, so she's always been with the law. Yes. Right? Um, That's so a very fine line between yeah. both of the two, like kind of two extremes exactly. right there. It was shunned kind of from both yeah. both sides. Um, but, of course, you know, we're humans and we will do what we do. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just really hush-hush for a while, but – I was like a, I was a really good kid. Um, you know, I was in all AP classes and stuff. So I know it was like noticeable to them mm-hmm. when I started. Right. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. And like, you know, my munchies yes. and just everything changed, friends. But they were just like, oh, Ashkin, we love you so much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they just kind of like let it slide. Like, let me be me. I still kept my grades up. It was whatever. Um, but when I turned 18, I got very much more vocal about it. I didn't like living 
not a lie, but I didn't like living my lie, like my life hush hush. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like being secretive, not right. being able like, to be yourself be, about what you do. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to like be me around my family right. and I knew they'd accept me. It would just take a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I opened up to them and now, you know, it's beautiful. They don't mind. Um, my mom even indulges with me every Love now and Love that. Again. That's cool. That's Aww, cool to be able to so bond cool. with your parents like that because cannabis is such a connecting plant anyways. I mean, it connects so many different backgrounds of people and people that would have never met one another. So the fact that you're able to do that with your mom who birthed you is so fucking cool. That's yeah. so special. It is. It's really cool. Yeah. So as a medical patient in Oklahoma, Ashkov, what's something that you look for whenever you shop for yourself? Like what is most important to you? Oh, wow. Okay. So um, that changed actually uh, over the last year or so. Uh, my whole perspective on medicine changed. Um, and I start looking at things in the market now as, uh, oh, that was definitely geared towards a medicinal market. And there's a lot of things that I see that in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's geared towards a recreational market. And I'm talking about from their like growing practices mm-hmm. to like their their presentation, their marketing, just everything. I, yeah, I look yeah. at stuff a lot more mm-hmm. differently now. Yeah. It's uh, kind of one of those things where it's a blessing and a curse to like, have sure. your eyes opened. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely <laughs> like organic. Um, I never... You know, before I like was very familiar with both synthetic and organic grows, I didn't it didn't matter to me. I didn't like understand that there was a difference. I just thought it was bougie. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. After I smoked so much organic weed, it is so much more smoother. It's like a whole different mm. vibe to me. Yeah. Um I can take bong rips and just taste smooth flavor and like feel the smoke in me and it feels good whereas mm. like now I look back at the things I was smoking before and like you're gonna cough off that guaranteed mm. and it's gonna yeah. feel more rough and yeah. more irritating so that's something I really like to look for I also want to see terpenes like uh, that's cool it has 3.8% terpenes that's great but like what are the three most dominant that's something mm-hmm. I really look for now because then that can um, get help me gauge where I'd put it on a spectrum you know yes, what I mean? Yeah. Yes, the terpenes give you that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so with that being said, what are you currently jamming with right now? Like, what do you, like, growers that you just kind of um, go towards more, like, organic-wise? Like, what are your favorite brands? So, of course, I'm biased and resonant. Yeah. will always be in my blood. <laughs> yeah, yes. um, but there's these two newcomers to the market that have really grabbed my attention, uh, Black Sheep and Burns Farm. They're both knocking it out of the park. Okay. Um, yeah, Burns Farm dropped their uh, Tropicana cookies on their first drop, and that was a smash hit, and their GMO they just dropped was great. Um, Black Sheep, man, their first round had a, a extensive little lineup, but specifically like the Honeymoon Sweet, um, the Strawberry Cooler, those really gripped me. I bought the Honeymoon Sweet for four smoke breaks in a row. Oh, we got uh, that. I yeah, know, we I did. It was, yeah, yeah, Black Sheep for their first they it's knocked impressive. it out. I was very impressed by them. Yes, yes. They kill it. They're cool people. And they are. Shout out to Black Sheep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Native veteran, of course. Um, their last drop of Snuggle Fuck, I bought the biggest nug that we had in the batch. And I, I have that sitting at home right now. And what I actually called? have it on my mind. Snuggle Fuck. Oh, I like that name. What a name. Yeah. What a crazy name. <laughs> I, I mean, could be mistaken, but I think they're going to drop a Grape Snuggle Fuck next. Wow, oh. great. Yeah. Yum. So that sounds pretty cool. Those are enticing sounding. <laughs> so, okay, you're also a glass blower, right? So tell us about the passion that got you into doing that with, like, all the art. So there's this really awesome uh, documentary. It used to be on Netflix, but I don't know where to find it now. Google, of course. And it, I think it's called The the Degenerate Art Form of American Glass Pipe Making. And um, it was a super awesome uh, documentary. 
uh, just about the underground scene. You know, glass blowing used to not be as heavily accepted when marijuana wasn't legal anywhere. There's actually like Operation Pipe Dreams or something, right? Where they like they tried to shut down um, a lot of online pipe sales and they busted a lot of people big back in the day. So it was like an edgy little documentary mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. and um, it really gripped me and inspired me. Uh, and then I started getting on YouTube, and I found this guy Dustin Revere was huge in the community um, for teaching. You know, he goes way out of his way to do extensive tutorials to help people get into it. And um, I watched those a lot, and that was awesome. And, of course, my love and enthusiasm for cannabis uh, already just kind of drove me, just kept me on that path. Um, And I haven't, like, kept a steady drive. I'm really Mm -hmm. ADD in in my hobbies as well. Yeah. But it's always been there. It's always been on the back burner. Yes, yes. I totally understand that. That's cool, though. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So what all have you created? Because I know you do, I mean, I have one of your pearls at home, but like what all have you done? And where do you aspire to go with glass blowing? Wow. Those are for you to pick from. <gasps> Each of you guys can have one. Um, these are just little, I call them support and artist tokens because uh-huh. they're really quick and easy to make. It's just yeah. a little marijuana stamp. Oh, Whoa. cute. Wow. Yeah, but Thanks, I think we talk about glass at some point. So. <laughs> cool. Um, I've made pendants i made chillums you know spoon pipes i made one bubbler one time i made one rig one time um i haven't i need to dig deeper into those i've made spoon roll or steamrollers i made bowls um i've also made a few you know like non uh smoker style mm-hmm. things i had this one custom request that i thought was so cool he wanted a calligraphy pen like a to dip in ink. Ooh. Yeah, so that was very cool for me to make. I actually had to reach out into the glass community and uh, ask people some pointers. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you just leave like rigid, rigid edges going all the way down and twist them to a point. Yeah, and then make a ball. I don't know. I've wow. blown glass one time before because you can do it in Oklahoma City. Okay. Um, that oh, I can't remember the place, but it was really cool. It was such a unique experience. I could see the high behind like blowing glass because. So I I did a little ring holder and like I got to pick my colors and everything and it was so fun and then to come back and see what I had created because like he let us like twist everything and like literally I got to create the shape and it was such a blast. It was, it's just a whole different part of creativity that I feel like is so underrated. Yeah. Oh, it man. really it's is like culture. Yeah. Like, and honestly, I didn't really... Ap- appreciate glass culture or even know much about it until I start like started taking dabs like yes yeah, smoking the pipe whatever but until I feel like until you start taking dabs you don't really appreciate glass as much Absolutely. because that's right. where all like the heady people are yes and it makes you become more of a little snob like you kind and of like know it. what you yeah. like in a good like appreciative way and like, appreciate the like the because at 
glass is something that's always like people are like, oh, that's so expensive. Well, it's expensive it's a because experience. Yeah, and it takes so much time and creativity yes. and patience and like certain specific types of glass. You know, there's so much stuff that people just don't know mm-hmm. unless you're. Yeah, yeah. In and it, then you start getting sure. into it and you start seeing, like, you know, quality, like, uh-huh. you yeah. know, mm-hmm. for price. And then yeah. you're like, oh, man, like, you can go cheaper, but it starts looking a little funkier. Mm-hmm. You know? Or it'll break a lot easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So um, a cool thing about glass, I want to give a big shout-out to um, the Cowboy Cup last year, okay, and then Long Lost John. Because when I moved here to work at Mosaic and whatnot, I tore down my glass lab, like I like to call it, and I didn't have it set back up. Um, when I moved here for the first, I want to say eight or nine months. And then we went to the Cowboy Cup and they had this back room where they had just had this long table lined up with uh, torches and glass blowers, you know, doing their thing. And I went over there and started talking to them. And one of them was named Long Lost John. And that's his Instagram handle yeah. or whatever. And, um, yeah, he let me actually play. I started telling him my story of like, yeah, I, I love glass blowing. I just haven't been able to set up anywhere or whatever. He let me hop on his torch and make me a, oh, make a little pearl set. You know that's what I mean? tight. So, cool. so that wow. really got my drive going. That yeah. was literally the thing that made me go home and say, okay, what can I move in this garage? What can I? Yeah, I'm yeah. tearing this thing apart. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that Something gave so me the, little that just like yeah. sent you inspirational spiraling. That's yeah. awesome. And then just the short time that I've had it up and running here, I feel like I've already um, done leaps and gains more growth than I did from yeah. where I was living before. Yeah. And now I just recently got invited to blow at the Cowboy Cup this year. Oh so my cool. gosh, so, that's so full circle. I feel yeah, like that's so it's cool. Such a story. Yeah, that's why I hell to yeah, share that. yeah. That's awesome. What is? Do you have like an Instagram for the, your glass blowing stuff, or is it your personal? I just throw everything on my personal because. Cool. Um, I'm like a jack of all trades. I do a little bit of so yeah, much that yeah. just like who you are, all in one spot. Right, yeah. right. It was, it'd be a lot of different uh, pages if I just did niches. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? and then it's yeah. a lot more to keep up with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. So you're also a bud tender at one of our favorite dispensaries, Mosaic in Oklahoma City. Share that journey with us. Like, how did you end up there? And where did you move from? Because you said you moved. Yeah, absolutely. So I came from uh, Woodward, Oklahoma. That's where I was living before this. And uh, I'd actually met my lovely girlfriend, Ashley, while streaming my glass blowing and whatnot. And we'd been uh, talking long distance for a while. I was working two jobs. I was working at a tree service and at a a dispensary in Woodward. But surprisingly, with two jobs and 60 hours a week, I still had weekends off. Wow. So I drove up to the city every weekend uh, to come see her. And then I started looking at jobs online uh, on Indeed, actually. And um, I was only putting in, like, unrealistic kind of ones because I had a good two jobs going, a good gig there, uh, and I was going to move up here maybe late August or something. I had time to save up and do things proper. Well, uh, this one, one of the few ones that came through that I was actually really interested in was called Mosaic Plus, and this was brand new at the time. Um, So I was actually skeptical. Um, I went on Google. I looked up Mosaic Plus, and there was nothing to be found about it. So I'm like, well, how are they – you know, offering such fair and competitive pay and like how do they make it sound so nice mm-hmm. when I can't find anything about it. So I was thrown off. But then um there are hiring consultants that reached out to me via Sky very first like um Zoom call, yeah. by the way. That was my first Zoom call was interviewing with them. That's tight. Um, they're super awesome though. And uh things just ended up falling through really quick and I ended up moving to the city about five, six months sooner than I wow. intended just because this place sounded so uh, like what I was trying to get into. I was working at a dispensary beforehand that 
was all right for small town Woodward, but it was just wasn't my vibe. You know what I mean? Especially knowing what I know now. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And everything about Mosaic from the people and just the, the atmosphere and the science, you know, they, interesting fact, they actually paid for everyone that works there has to, is required to take this little cannabis knowledge course. Amazing. Yeah. So like we all have to have the knowledge to work there. And that's, I love that. That's so important much. though, because yes. as a patient, I want to be able to go to somebody like anytime I go in there, somebody has an answer for everything and if somebody doesn't they're like I don't know and they turn to the next person they're like let us let me figure it out and that's what you want from a dispensary having been on your end and like done that that was the best compliment that I got was like hey thank you for knowing your stuff like anytime we come to you you just know your shit and I'm like I don't really know anything I'm just over here rolling with it but it's 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 very empowering to be on your end and like also humbling that you get to help so many people through so many different journeys of their life and they are trusting you with their medicine, which is a beautiful thing. I'm not going to lie. My favorite customers that uh, just make me feel so humbled and grateful for having is the little bit older ones. The, like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you can tell like they want to be helped and um, they're really appreciative of it. And you're just like, man, I could tell you, you grew up, you probably weren't thinking it would be like yeah, this, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Oh, man, I just love the the elderly generation, probably because my grandparents raised me yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. have that yeah. respect for them. Yeah, Absolutely. and it just, it's it's more of a soft spot, especially if you're an empath. It's it's older people coming in and being vulnerable. I mean, anybody coming in and being vulnerable, but like specifically older people, especially because as they get older, they get more set in their ways. So to be vulnerable, to come in, to be open to trying something new is a very big first step. And so that's, even them like entrusting you with that process is is really cool. Yeah, it's awesome that you get to do that. Another favorite uh, that comes in, and we I think I've handled like four of these personally is first time card holders that have never been mm. in a dispensary. You know what I mean? And then we also have gotten a first time a couple first timers that have never smoked cannabis. Ooh, those are fun. Yeah, they were those recommended to get their card, and they're like, "Tell me what I need to know." I'm like, okay, let's <laughs> where do we start? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I'm sure you've gone to a lot of dispensaries or at least some in the area. What's something that you can say without a doubt you guys bring to the table that you see other dispensaries do not? Okay. Um, I would definitely, well, there is a couple other great dispensaries that have a lot of highly organic options, but I, I look at our shelves and I can definitely say that there's 85% or more um, just all organic weed. And we have two main cases plus a small limited case. So I think our option of great quality medicine um, is outstanding. Um, The fact that we really don't carry distillate um, is pretty different too. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of places, uh, you know, go by the popularity of the brands and whatnot, which is great for sales and whatnot. But I really like that we're geared strictly towards a medicinal market, Um, you know, I could say the turp wall because, you know, no yeah. one else has a turp <laughs> yeah. wall. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, turp wall's dope. <laughs> I, I, definitely the knowledge like we've been talking about, mm-hmm. um, that goes without saying that all of us are required to have that kind of knowledge. And you don't necessarily see that a lot, a lot of places, you know. Yeah. We got that gas. <laughs> this is yeah. fire. And, <laughs> you know, that. that is great terminology for yeah. weed. But at the same time, like if I want to know something that's going to help me a little bit more with my digestive mm-hmm. issues, like it'd be great if you could guide me. Yeah, um, right. So... Uh, also, the overwhelmingly positive, friendly atmosphere, I think, is refreshing. Mm-hmm. You do, I mean, and that's not, I'm not saying that that's not at other places, but. It's hard it's, to find. It's definitely not easy to find, especially yes. in this industry, because everything starts with the owners. 
and the energy and tone that they set. So if that's not set with the owners and the owners aren't taking care of the employees, then that's bad energy for everyone, even if you're a happy person. And that's a great point uh, in itself is the owners. You know what I mean? We have such an awesome team starting from the very top all the way down to the ground floor um, that I, I find it hard to picture a lot of other places running with such such great people at the at the head and the helm, as they would say. Yeah, you know? and people are loyal to dispensaries that they mm-hmm. want to keep coming back to. So it is important that like you do find someone or a place or people do know things and they're, they are able to help you instead of just like, you know, going the yeah. opposite way, mm-hmm. but, you yeah. know, to each his own for sure. Definitely. <laughs> so what would you say has been the most challenging part about being a bud tender? And like helping people find their medicine. Maybe, and this really isn't that big a deal, but maybe uh, a challenging part is how we don't, display on our cards for our strains if it's indica or sativa we actually place it on a spectrum based off the three most dominant terpenes and you have certain customers that either they don't want to hear it or they uh just don't register i don't know but you Mm -hmm. know they they won't adhere to anything you're saying and they just want the best sativa and you're just like okay fine I will show you the most active strain i have right yeah Mm -hmm. keyword active yeah 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 Um, And it's funny trying to talk with them and you see that they, it's not going anywhere. And that's fine because not everyone's journey needs to be that in depth. You know, some people yeah. are getting what they need out of it no matter yeah. what. So. And they might, you know, whatever high sativa one you pick, you can be like, it has this terpene in it. And it's actually great for this. It's a good sativa terpene. So, and even if you just throw it in there, they're going to remember. They're going like, to register it. They're going to yeah. be like, a terpene? Like, they said this. And then they're going to end somewhere down the road. They'll end up, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. going back into that one. Vendors. Planting a seed. <laughs> Yeah. Vendors. That is one of the most difficult parts. Vendors. Of yeah, that's the phone facts. just constantly like. Do you have a purchasing manager? <laughs> you know what uh, I mean. Yes, that's a constant <laughs> daily struggle. Yeah, I yeah. feel that to be in sales is it's bittersweet. If you're great at it, then you're great at it. But the the phone calls of is a purchase. And if you're having a bad day, that's the worst. Is if is a purchasing man? No, she's actually not in today. <laughs> yeah. I know you always feel like you're shooting them down, but you're like, I know you're really not here. So I know, but like. In your defense, it's just a lot of it's exhausting and a lot of it for what you guys have set the precedent for is not for you guys. Like I feel like out of the 10 vendors, maybe one would walk through your door that would actually be like, okay, we we can go a step further. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is some advice that you have for patients like blindly going into a dispensary that maybe not, they don't know a lot? Like what are some like tips you would give to someone? If you could just do a little bit of your own research so you would know a couple um, key questions to ask that will, like, kind of gauge the depth of their knowledge of who's being, you know, who's helping you, that's, like, really useful in itself because um, if they don't, if they don't, they could have great product, but if they don't even know how to help you with what you're actually looking for to get, then they can't even guide you to that right great product you know so um definitely first i would say find out what your true ailment or what you like your true thing that you're trying to cure or fix cure is a strong word Mm -hmm. yeah uh, what you're trying to work on find that out and then go ahead and find out what terpenes or cannabinoids or my favorite thing uh, is synergies there's actually synergies that work um you know, where the, the three things together, the whole equals more than the sum, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a multiplicative effect or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, that's cool. So find out those and then go in there and start asking him about those. And if he doesn't even know what you mean when you're saying THCV, he's like, you mean THC? You yeah, know, then walk that, out. that <laughs> might not be the spot. Or you, know, you start saying, like, what's myrcene heavy? And they're like, they don't know what's myrcene, then I don't know. It'd be hard for them to help guide you to the proper medicine if mm-hmm. they don't even know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would definitely just do some light research. Um, but on the other hand, it, it kind of should be the bud tender's job to know for you, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't do the doctor's research when you go in there to get prescribed a pill. Right. So... Yes. Uh, that's kind of catch 20. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's great advice. So let's flip the script a little bit and talk about yo yoing. Yes, that's right. I heard said yo yoing. Um, so tell us about that, how you got started, and why you love it, and how you got so good at it. I mean, because you're really good. And yo yoing is such like a childhood thing that like seeing a grown adult do it is like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So, um, it started when I was 12. This guy came to our school and gave a demonstration you know, on the auditorium stage. I feel tricked, to be real, because he first thing he said walking onto that <laughs> stage is, I'm a national champion. And, you know, okay, so maybe he was. But he didn't, <laughs> he didn't show us national champion-level trips one bit. Uh. You know, he showed us storyline tricks that were able to be comprehended by our age level. You know, he's like, I walk the dog. Then he make the Eiffel yeah. Tower. Yeah. In Paris by the Eiffel Tower. And then there was a UFO. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm, you know, even competitive, say, at that age. Uh-huh. And I'm seeing this stuff. And I'm like, you're national champ. And this is what you're bringing. <laughs> I, I think I could, I know, it might take me a month. Or, you know, yeah. I think I can do this, though. Mm-hmm. And I bought everything he had. You know, every Amazing. nice yo-yo that he was selling. Yeah. And then I got online. And I saw what real national champs who were doing I'm like oh well I'm pretty committed at this point and I did that was my first real uh hobby that I dug into hard besides art I've always been into art in one form or another but yeah I dug in and that was when I was 12 and five years later when I was 17 uh I won the Oklahoma State Championship 2010 that's crazy (laughs) that's so dope wow some little patches you know you don't get trophies yeah patches are better yeah Patch them on jean jacket. That'd be dope. (laughs) That's so sick. So, wow, a 12-year-old. And, you know, you don't find a bunch of kids that have fine, like, hobbies, like, that passionate hobbies at 12 years old. So it's so cool. Yeah, yes. can you imagine me in 13 trying to explain to mom why you need this $100 yo-yo? <laughs> no. You're just like, listen, no. it has these ball bearings. It's like CNC lathe on aluminum. She's like, <laughs> Just trust what? me, okay? Yeah, just yeah. trust me. This is I'm going to be your moneymaker in a few years, mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> From yo-yoing, I promise. That is so cool. So, okay, with all the things you do, too, you're pretty involved within the community, not just cannabis, but different parts of the Oklahoma City community. What is your favorite thing about being an Oklahoma resident and just the community and people here? Um, I'll say my favorite thing about Oklahoma in general is that I've noticed even from the small towns up to the big city, there's kind of like this sense of like country camaraderie that just comes with like, I don't know, helping out your neighbor type vibe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, that doesn't resonate with everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like real, recognized, real. And you kind of gravitate towards the people that are putting out that same vibe that yeah. you've been raised around. Yeah, so right. you kind of find it everywhere you go. And I like that. Um, yeah. With the city specifically, I, I've just been blown away with the... Um, potential for growth that I've been presented and I've been fed that line the entire time being raised in these small towns it's like you need to go somewhere where you can break free of your little cage yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. you got personality you got talents like go do something with yourself but right. it's just been so hard in the little towns that mm-hmm. I've never like had an opportunity to come to the city but man since I've came here I've met more people than 
I'll ever remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. There's just so many cool people. There's so many people that are passionate about what they're doing and they're going in crazy directions and it's cool to watch and get inspiration from and like yeah, the community is just so broad here. It's yeah, like, very creative too. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really cool. good. That's, yeah. well, that's well said. Mm-hmm. So what do you love about the Oklahoma cannabis market? Um, I do really like that we're not prepackaged yet. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really scary topic right there. Yeah. Um, I like that we – I don't know how much I like about it, honestly. I like that – we uh, opened it up, you know, to medicinal use, but I kind of, I kind of feel like there's a lot of recreational type plays being made, which I think strays away from the true uh, quality of the medicine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If more people were treating it more like medicine, then we would see a lot more quality out there on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with metric coming, I think that's pretty cool because that'll kind of crack down on some people that were loosey goosey. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, as much as it pains some people, I actually think that bringing a little structure to the game sh- will be good, and we should see kind of a, a a rise in quality and a rise in standards. You know what I mean? As the the strong move to the head of the pack, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of fall back. So I think it, we are moving in the right direction in that sense. Um, I guess my favorite thing is maybe the freedom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Our market seems a lot more free than some Mm -hmm. of our surrounding neighbors. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we spoke to a girl from Delaware and she um, was telling us that there was only five dispensaries in her state and all five of the dispensaries were also the growers. And so it was, it was like a a corporate cannabis types thing. And then I remember a patient coming in um, whose son, and this was like two years ago, but whose son was, lived in Arkansas and had a dispensary there and this might have changed, but at the time he had told me that in Arkansas you had proved that you had half a million dollars in your bank account before you could even move further. And that was just step one. So there's like multiple steps. So like even in Arkansas, the dispensary, it's legal there, but the dispensaries are like minimum to none because they expect you to have so much money. It's like a conglomerate. Yeah, yes. They're trying to make yeah. everything into a Target or a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially in a medicinal place, to me, that's yeah. not the jam. You know, no. I would rather have a handful of small craft, high knowledge experts running mm-hmm. their little teams and doing it yeah. comparatively to like one big massive warehouse where you have like a head grower yeah. trying to teach all these little lackeys. No. Like, yeah. you know. There's no character, yeah. like right. no diversity, no organic organic small batch mom and pops it gives yeah. none of that and no quality control so that's where all the shit goes to shit is there's not like multiple people who are passionate about it watching it there's one person that's hired a ton of people to just go water the plants or the machines are watering it which yeah. is that takes the love out of it because if you know anything about the cannabis plant it reacts to human energy and it responds to human energy and the more you love it and care for it and shine on it it will grow tenfold i think you really do get to see that in some of these uh smaller batch things going on in oklahoma which i do think is cool um a few that come to mind you know resonant isn't Mm -hmm. huge but it's like just the right size that you can definitely see the love shine through but i'm also thinking of people like um ginger larf you Mm -hmm. know jason or synergy hash Mm -hmm. um those are some little small batch operations that are pumping out some high quality medicine yeah you know That's really cool because it gives people a chance to shine and like be really good at their niche or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be. And they're not for everyone, which they're not trying to be for everyone, which is a good thing. And the people that ride for them, 
Literally, their shit sells out so fast. Absolutely. It drops, Crazy. sell out so fast every the time. The love and the loyalty yeah, which and is like cool. the quality. Like and as a brand, like that's what hair. you want. Yeah. You know, you want the quality. Of course, you want all of that. But you want people to genuinely appreciate your small badge and actively go seek it and like. Wait for every drop. Yeah, wait for yeah. every, like on pins and needles, just like waiting. I know. Yeah, waiting to that's always exciting. Yeah. So what would you say is a stigma that surrounding cannabis that you would like to see changed? Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe, um, and I'm probably, this one's fresh on my mind just because uh, a good friend of mine, Naomi Barrick, is actually kind of petitioning or advocating for this right now. But it's like um, breaking the stigma of parental use. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we are far past uh, time for that. Um, golly, everyone knows how kids can be. And to me, I'm like, you know, the parents that can do it without it, you guys are strong. That's so awesome for you. Yeah. Great. You know, mm-hmm. the parents that need it to cope and to keep their mind right, more power to you. Yeah. You know, like, what's the harm? Mm-hmm. Like, as long as you're on top of your game, which as a parent, you should know your levels. You yeah. should know, like, what your kid needs and how to adhere to that, you know. Right. If you can stay on top of your game, and you just need a little jam to get you through the day, then why yeah. not? I don't why understand not? the problem. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's probably better than, you know, drinking throughout taking, your whole day. Or Absolutely. taking pills. Absolutely. Or taking pills. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. really. Well, Ashkov, I think this wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you being here and sharing your energy with us. Is there anything you'd like to add before we hop off? Um, just stay elevated, stay informed, and stay medicated. Hell yeah. That's always good. <laughs> and thank it. you so much for everyone who's listened to this episode. Thank you, Ashkoff. And for anyone tuning in, thank you. And as always, Sob, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.